Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of Whole Lot of Mid. Um, this one's going to be a little bit different to the other ones. Um, I'm joined here with Niall, who's been on some couple episodes, previous episodes, and yo yo. Everyone kind of knows what happened yesterday. Don't really need too much of a recap of that, but yeah, we're just here to talk about. I think probably one of the biggest childhood idols. Not only for me, but for Niall and for everyone, you know, no matter who, no matter if you're a basketball fan or not, but we're just here to kind of talk about Kobe and everything that he meant to us and to the basketball world, people beyond. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was a pretty terrible, it was a pretty terrible day. Like, I think it's something. I was, I was actually like driving up back to school when I got the message on my phone. Um, I didn't even, I, it wasn't even a TMZ message. It was a message from a friend. He was like, you see the Kobe stuff. And like, it's, it's weird when you get that like instant of confusion. You're like, uh, he probably just did something stupid in the news or something, yeah. you know, and, uh, you hear, you, you hear about the developing story. And honestly, just my heart just kept sinking, sinking. And like, I don't think I've ever experienced a death, um, that, that hit me quite like this from a celebrity, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm fortunate enough, you know, knock on wood, to have never had any, like, death in the family or anybody personal like that. Yeah. But I'd say, like, this one was, like, the first. Like, you know, it was someone, like, for me, Kobe really got me into basketball. He was, like, my favorite yeah. player growing up. It was childhood, like, one yeah, of my yeah. childhood idols in sports, at least. But, you know, it felt like yeah. someone, like, really close to you passed away. Like, it was pretty emotional. It felt like a loss of good friend, man. Like, yeah, exactly. For me, like... I wasn't a Kobe fan growing up, but obviously you watch the game of basketball from any point from 2002 onwards, you know about Kobe. And at some point, if you're a fan of anybody good in the game, that person had to come up against Kobe and probably lost a few battles to him. So you had exactly. to watch his greatness and uh, to see one of the, even if you weren't a fan, he's an idol of yours. Like growing up, you mm -hmm. shot when you shot trash in basketball cans, like, all your friends saying Kobe, um, practicing fadeaways, like yeah. that's that's all Kobe, man. And it, it's a real shame uh, to know to know what happened. Yeah, I mean, you know, previous generations, like my dad's generation stuff, they had Jordan, but like for us, it was Kobe. You know, Kobe was the one that was like the winning obsession, the the work hard mentality, just kind of like grind everything out, and just that obsessiveness. I think that's something that like. It has stuck with a lot of people, and I think it's going to stick with a lot of more people from now on. You know, the Mamba mentality. So, yeah, man. Um, I mean, so for this episode, we just want to we just want to kind of tribute Kobe's life, talk about uh, different different things that contributed to his career and uh, how why he meant so much to uh, the people in our generation and and just lovers of the game in general. Yeah. Um, so to start off, uh, Kobe. Well, Kobe Bean Bryant was born in Philadelphia uh, to professional basketball player uh, Joe Bryant and his wife Pamela. Um, when he was six, they moved to Rieti, Italy, and uh, he, as his father, continued his uh, basketball career at a lower level than the NBA. And uh, it's it's so it's so cool to hear that like he was raised in Italy and like grew up playing like soccer alongside the basketball and like I feel like that's what really helped him become a global star is that he yeah. wasn't just an American thing you know yeah I mean you saw yesterday with all these tributes like 
I'm pretty aware of yeah. super immersed in the football culture, this soccer culture, whatever. I'm like, I'm super immersed, obviously, in tennis. You know, that's my main sport. I'm just seeing, like, how, you know, his presence was felt in all areas. You know, Barcelona, AC Milan, Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, Kyrgios. Yeah, you know, yeah. every soccer player, every tennis player, male or female, you know, like, Kobe Bryant was not just a basketball player to them. He was just so much more. And, yeah, yeah. You know, you even saw Sergio Ramos this morning um, at training wearing a Kobe jersey as uh, Real Madrid did their moment of silence for him. Um, yeah. But yeah, last, he was just such night. an international, you know. Yeah, last night, you know, like I woke up to watch the Kyrgios Nadal match and, you know, Kyrgios kind of teary eyed, came out with the Kobe jersey, warmed mm-hmm. up with the Kobe jersey. And you know, Kyrgios is a Celtics fan. He's a big Celtics fan, but like you see, yeah. like just the impact that these guys have. And That's so, beautiful, man. Yeah, definitely, you know, his international impact really started off you know he speaks italian fluently you know he's one to yeah. pick up all languages spanish also you know you could talk to Ronaldinho in spanish you know, yeah too. i think he but, yeah. even learned a bit of serbian as well when uh when uh sasha whatever his name was on the league yeah, like, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah yeah um i saw someone quote something about him swearing in serbian and obviously luka Doncic talking about how he would you know uh, trash talk him in Slovenian when he was at a game. But yeah, yeah, Kobe was, Kobe was a, you know, he just immersed himself in everything. But then obviously after, he was one of the famous players to go straight out of high school, went back to Philadelphia, yeah. straight out of high school. Lower Mary, uh, school. He was selected by, yeah, Lower Mary in high school and straight out of high school. He was drafted. A lot of people, you know, still don't know if he was drafted by the, the Charlotte Hornets. But, yeah. um, in the 1996 draft, but, you know, he kind of demanded a trade, um, to LA in a famous, in a famous yeah. trade that saw a lot of back go the other way. And, you know, those two would have a couple run-ins later on, but yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. Kobe was, Kobe, he had to work out with Celtics too. To come into the yeah, league nah. as a 17 year old and say, nah, I'm not playing in Charlotte. Like, yeah, get me to LA right now. Yeah. I mean, he, he was like, he was, yeah, he was ballsy from the start. Like he came in saying like, I'm going to be the next Jordan. I'm going to be better than Jordan. I'm going to be the GOAT from straight on day one. You know, that mentality stuck with him. But obviously, as when he got to L.A., there was another famous man there waiting for him, Um, Shaq. Um, I was rewatching Shaq and Kobe's interview yesterday. And, you know, Mm -hmm. Shaq was talking how he was... Jerry Jerry West, or uh, or, or Bus, was saying that how, you know, this guy coming in right here, you know, you're going to win a lot of championships with him and Shaq with the gay, whatever, we'll, we'll get it done. But, you know, yeah. I, I don't think Shaq really knew what was coming. And obviously that historic run, that three-peat that they had. Yeah. Probably the best one-two in in the game, at least. I, I can't think of a better one. I mean, what other ones that come to mind are obviously Magic and uh, Kareem. But yeah. for me, I thought, I just think Kobe... First of all, I think Kobe is better than Magic, and Magic has come out and said that as, as when he, I think in his final game, he said Kobe was the greatest Laker of all time. Um, yeah. And obviously, I think it's a little difficult to compare uh, Shaq to Kareem just because their errors were so different. Um, mm-hmm. Kareem didn't really have, I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say Kareem didn't have the competition that Shaq had to play against. So yeah. it's, it's a little difficult to compare from such a uh, different eras, but man, that they were definitely a special duo and, and, like when when we see Anthony Davis and LeBron, they're they're probably going to be great, but there's just no way that they can equate oh, yeah. to what Kobe and, and Shaq did in their time oh, in yeah. LA. I mean, I guess like I think the closest thing since Shaq and Kobe might be you know 
KD and stuff, but they didn't have the three P. They didn't have you know the, the like they had the yeah. dominance, but not the same dominance. You know, just yeah. It was, it was like I mean we never got to saw it live really, but you know just yeah. hearing about it and watching them. But obviously that was yeah. But that you know that duo wasn't um, at least there was a bit of there was a lot of tension between them when they were playing together and that eventually mm. boiled over and led to their split after a couple of disappointing playoff performances and you know Shaq went to Miami. Uh, Kobe, yeah. um, you know, Kobe wanted to leave, but once Shaq left, Kobe knew that you know he would have to stay. But uh, yeah, and and they actually got some great pieces in that trade. They, I believe they picked up Lamar yeah. Odom, who obviously would be instrumental when Kobe would go on and when his two championships, uh, uh, when he was leading the team. Uh, Karan Butler was a great uh, forward at the time, who actually has a pretty interesting story himself. Yeah, I believe he was in juvie. Um, before he went to the league from like ages like 13 to 15 and out of juvie and uh, he was able to turn around the story but I'm sure he's another one of those people along with Lamar Odom who would attribute, attribute a lot of their success to Kobe and the leadership that he provided because obviously these are some characters who um, would run into trouble either before the NBA or after the NBA and uh, came from difficult circumstances but playing alongside a guy uh, as focused as Kobe and that mama mentality like I think that's what helped them become great players and become the great pieces that they would become uh, in their Lakers careers. Yeah, and this was, like, around the time, like, I started watching, like, I think the 2005 finals when the Spurs beat the Pistons was the first uh, mm-hmm. series I watched. But, you know, yeah. this was the time when I took over and the league in terms of just being that dominant force. Um, yeah. You know, that 2006 year, uh, it was pretty much just me being, you know, obviously it was, that era, it was hard to watch the games um, if you didn't you know, mm-hmm. live near L.A. or something. So it was just on YouTube highlights, yeah, yeah. ESPN highlights, just seeing the guy drop monster points after points after, like, game after game after game. And then just, yeah. it all just it all just came together with that performance against the Raptors. And, uh, you know, I was just yeah. re-watching that game, and it was just, like, the guy put up 55 points in the second half. Like, just like, and it was, like, in one half, he put up 55. Like, that's incredible. And they got to a point in that game where they were just, they were literally just putting him on the line because they couldn't figure out a way to stop him, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, and, like, it didn't matter. He was going to get his buckets at the line. Whenever he, whenever he got the ball that game, he was going to put the ball in the hoop. But it was just, it's just Kobe. And Kobe personified, man. Like, you got, yeah, you're not going to find a competitor like him every day, you know? Yeah. And he put up, like, everyone, like, talks about hard video game numbers this year of uh, this year but like I think that was like the biggest cheat code in terms of the video game numbers like I was you know he didn't like the three ball the three ball wasn't really like a thing as it is now so you would see him yeah. like maybe take a step inside the three and just kind of like take a contested fadeaway and knock him down and like obviously yeah. the spacing and stuff wasn't the same but like he he lit up the league and it was kind of weird yeah. you know at the time not seeing him win a MVP and you know, I think he still should have won one but that is definitely controversial because yeah. I think both you and I are huge Steve Nash fans, so we, yeah, we, we actually should comment on that. How, how did you feel about? Well, how did you feel about that in two thousand six, two thousand seven? We were kids, and I looking mean, back at it, how do you feel about it now? I mean, like at the time, I was just like, "Yo, this guy, like, just like." I mean, obviously Steve Nash, you no know, one of my. I think him and Kobe were my two favorite. Him and Kobe were my two favorite players growing up, but like, so like I wasn't too bummed about Kobe not winning, but I was just like, "Dude, like, how does this guy not win?" Like, he straight up just like taking this he's just dragging his team through the mud putting up stupid points every single game like I don't know I think looking back right now I'll have to look I'll have to look more closely but like, just being the Kobe fan I am I, I would say that he deserved you know more than two MVPs that he has right now 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. And especially that year where he dropped like 35 points per game and still lost the MVP to Steve Nash. I think like that's one of the, the examples where like seeding, uh, becomes a big factor in, uh, in NBA, in, uh, MVP voting. But for me, there's just no way that Steve Nash, when he was averaging like, I think like 18 and like 11 assists, maybe 10 assists and yeah. obviously leading the Suns to the first place, uh, title in the West, that's, that's still not enough, man. I, I believe the Lakers finished either sixth or seventh that year, but he dragged those Lakers to the playoffs, man. Yeah. I, looking back at it, I think that's something that was definitely wrong in Kobe's career, and he should have at least two MVPs, like you said. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's whatever, but, you know, Kobe still did his thing, and it was interesting because, yeah. you know, that 2006 is when Shaq won his fourth title, and, you know, he got, gave him the extra title over Kobe, and like, I was mm. watching that interview, and Kobe was like, yeah, you know, like, I was happy that you won. He's like, I needed that drive to kind of go <laughs> out there and kind of win that next title. And a couple of years yeah, later, yeah. they were in position. They were in position after they picked up Pau Gasol, and they, yeah. uh, you know, Kobe got his MVP, finally. But yeah. they, they came up against, uh, was... came up against the 08 year, 07, 08. Yep, that would be the, the big three Boston Celtics. Um, yep. KG, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen. And also that year was the year Kobe would change from eight to 24 and really start like that second era of his career. Um, but, uh, yeah, like that, that year it was obviously he won his MVP and how the saw coming, uh, to the Lakers was huge, but it, it was kind of a shame to see that he couldn't, uh, he couldn't bring it in that year. Uh, but when you think about it, like that Boston team was never going to be losing, obviously with that big three plus Rajon Rondo. Um, they were just too good that year, and it, it was, was it, it was a fantastic series. But. Yeah, it was. It was. It went to seven, didn't it? I don't know about that. Let me actually let me look that up. I'm not 100 percent sure if it went to seven. I think because I think in 2010 it went to six, and this one it went to seven, and this is like when the the Celtics made like a crazy 24 point comeback or something like that, or I don't remember. Okay. It was... Yeah, it went to seven. Um, wait, no, I'm sorry, it went it went to six. And okay, so then it, I don't know. It was like they blew them, blew them. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, okay. Blew them out. Game six, yeah, yeah. It was like one. It was like one thirty-one to something. Like yeah, they they killed them. <laughs> yeah, two to one thirty-one. Yeah, so but, like you know that was yeah. that was gut wrenching, but you know the coach. For me, it wasn't so gut wrenching. I wasn't I wasn't a Celtics fan. Obviously, me being from New York, I'm a I'm a diehard Knicks fan. But yeah. Um, I did, like for me, obviously, like growing up, the West Coast was just so much better than the East, and it still is. That no matter what, I couldn't find myself to, <laughs> I couldn't find within myself to to really root for a Western Conference team. So I was still rooting for the Celtics back then, and my brother was actually a huge Rajon Rondo fan. So I was pretty happy to see Kobe lose. Um, and obviously he had beat my Phoenix Suns, who I, who I supported, um, to get yeah. there. So, uh, so. It was it was it was definitely not gut wrenching for me, but at, from a Kobe fan perspective, I can definitely understand that. Yeah, I mean, it was like the Celtics. I think I, I like the Celtics too because a lot of players, Garnett, Rondo, revived with them. But mm-hmm. you know, it was you know Kobe lost, but it was just like next year he comes back and you could just see that fire. Yeah, yeah. You know, next year you come back he, nine again. We all thought this would be the year that the magic. And, 
you know, we all thought he'd play, he thought he'd play LeBron in the finals, but you know, he comes back in 09 and just kind of lights the magic up. And yeah, it was it was a shame to not see LeBron in that finals though. I yeah, think I mean, that's, that's what everybody really wanted. Yeah, well, I, I just like everyone's, you know, we were kind of like, that's the one matchup we all wanted to see, LeBron versus Kobe in the finals. But, you know, yeah. Kobe got there but again next year in 2010. Yeah, but before we even get to that, give credit to those, to those, uh, to those magic players and Dwight Howard, Keto Turkoglu, Jameer Nelson. Those, those boys could hoot, man. And they had a good system where they would literally just feed it into the fight. Yeah. Collapse the defense and all those shooters could just hurt you crazy. And obviously LeBron dealing with what he had in, in Cleveland, it wasn't enough to overcome all that. But yeah, you know, he comes back, um, 2010. He gets that fifth ring, puts him over Shaq. Yeah. He was right upset with Jordan. And, you know, that was kind of, it was, it was, it was like, I remember like staying up watching all those games. He, he had like mm-hmm. a, had like a, like, like an ankle, like problem. He had a broken finger and he just, you know, he obviously wasn't 100%, but you could just see the will of determination yeah. and how he kind of just dragged them over. And it's the crazy because, he was so, he was, as you said, he was so hurt that finals, but that final still won seven games. It was still a very healthy Boston Celtics team. Like they hadn't started to age really yet. And, uh, he really, he just willed them to that, to that championship. And you could see it, uh, when he lifted that, that trophy. And, uh, I would, I would put that as his, his best moment of his career, lifting that trophy against the Celtics in 2010. Yeah. And, you know, just that picture of him on the, on the announcer's table, just like, yeah. You know, just like arms out, out. Like that's probably one of the most iconic pictures in basketball is. Definitely. Yeah. Five rings is, you know, something that a lot of people never have. But yeah, this is kind of the start of the Lakers, uh, kind of downfall, if you want to say. Yeah. You know, um, you know, they were still good the next couple of years, but you know, they just came up against the better teams, i.e. the Thunder with, uh, Westbrook, mm. um, Durant, et cetera. And then Kobe, yeah. Kobe in the 12-13 season, you know, the, South, the Lakers aren't good. They're not playing well, but, you know, he kind of just takes it upon himself and just wills them and does everything he can to get them to the playoffs. And it's that, it's that Warriors game where he has, he's torching the Warriors. He has like yeah. 37 or he's like 35 or something. And then obviously mm-hmm. he snaps his Achilles, but in the most Kobe fashion, doesn't walk off the, doesn't walk off the court, sinks both free yeah. throws. You know, and then walks off, and it was like that. Kobe, like everyone, like as a Kobe fan, I was like, wow, is this like the guy's torn Achilles? Like, is he gonna be the same? And you know, he wasn't to an extent. Comes back, he's Mm -hmm. he's damaged, but But yeah, he lost a little bit of of quickness in his first step, and it was noticeable. He he had to start settling for jumpers a little more, but even then, he was still getting the easy what twenty four points per game, like. He wasn't stoppable. It was just not was the, the same Kobe that we were used to. Right, right. And, you know, Lakers weren't the same dominant force and, mm-hmm. you know, make the playoffs and such. But his final year comes around and obviously has, you know, that year-long um, send-off. And he caps yeah. in probably the best possible way. Like, I don't think there's a better way you can go out than... No. Out of everyone's uh, final game, I think we, it's pretty safe to say... There's never going to be a a game like Kobe had in his in his final. And it's like the funniest thing is how like in TNT Shaq you know willed him to get fifty and Kobe laughed it off and said no chance and Kobe goes and gets sixty. 
and <laughs> he, he hits the game winner. He he just like couldn't miss at the end. They're actually re-airing the game. Said, "Hey, I'm probably gonna watch." Yeah. But yeah, yeah they yeah. But it was it was crazy because the the Warriors were playing at the same time, trying to get 73 wins. So you mm. know, I had like I was just I just kept switching between. Oh uh, yeah! Wow. I totally yeah, so, forgot about that. Yeah, that's so nice. it was just like which game are you gonna watch? So I was just like switching between both channels, and once like it was certain yeah. the Warriors were gonna win, like I just switched over Lakers completely, and mm. he just went off on a tear. But yeah, yeah, that was probably like one of the most Kobe ways of going out. He shot the ball like fifty and times, then, and then the Mamba out speech, which uh, which is obviously it was powerful then, but considering everything that happened and, and seeing that online, it's it's so much more powerful now. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was a, a hell of a way to go out, and it, it couldn't was, happen. A lot of people, you know, were like, you know, how like how dedicated. Yeah, it could, honestly, couldn't have. But like, everyone knew how like great of a player Kobe was, and like how dedicated he was to the sport. You know, there's a lot of questions. You know, how's he gonna kind of you know transition out? You know, how's he gonna be off the field, off the court? And you know, Kobe yeah. was very at peace. You know, not not being a basketball player anymore. Like he he would say like, yeah, I really wouldn't watch games anymore. I would just kind of focus on my media company investing my life mm-hmm. forward and you know it was really like rewarding to see like his interviews were always just so rich and you could always yeah. learn so much from him and it was just interesting to see all like this in kind of like new life he had built yeah and at least from a personal perspective um it was really beautiful for me to see him and the way he uh took care of his daughter his late daughter Gianna especially um, who, who tragically died in, in the helicopter crash with him, but she was, uh, his second daughter and she was the one who actually really, uh, took that same passion into basketball that he had. And it was beautiful to see him talk about, uh, learning about basketball from her perspective and learning from a father's perspective and learning how to be a better father through basketball. And, um, it, it was, it's just so sad to, to see that. They were on their way to a basketball game when when all this happened, and uh, but yeah. it was it was just great to see even from uh, the perspective as as an African American in, in the African American community, it can be um, it's a known thing that 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 fatherhood has been uh, not I don't want to say troublesome, but has been uh, a hot topic within the black community, and um, he he was just such a great example for for black men like myself. Um, of how to love your daughter and how to take care of your family and, and how to really be there for your family. And it's just really sad that um, he went out doing something with his family for his family. Yeah. I mean, he also, you know, his justification for the helicopter and everything was so that he could spend more time mm-hmm. with his kids and, you know, be there for his parents, like be there for them. And just like, yeah. you just saw like how Kobe was just so, um, I mean, like, the guy literally, like, did everything to his family. I think he was a great role model for all of mm-hmm. us in, you know, just kind of being there for your kids and, you know, especially in terms of, like, how what he's done for the sport on the court, but even off the court, like, yeah. how he kind of, like, brought to light uh, women's rights issues in basketball, how he championed for them. You know, every, everyone yeah. likes to kind of joke, you know, like, we all kind of joke that, you know, if Kobe, Kobe wants a song, we need Kobe Jr., but, like, Kobe was just like, you know, my daughter's here, and like, this is Kobe Jr. And like, a lot of everyone who knew her really like received, yeah. kind of cherished her for being like just like Kobe. And I think, you know, it's really, it's really, it's just really tragic to hear about how everything happened. But yeah, yeah, I mean, like, um, off the court, like, probably 
probably one of the most special and probably the most one of the most like intellectual players. He just had so much yeah, to offer yeah. at any interview, no matter what. Obviously, Kobe. Um, growing up, I think, like he was just an inspiration to us all. Like I just remember, like you know, basketball's not my main sport. Don't exactly have the hype mm-hmm. for it and stuff, but you know, just in the driveway. You know, I copied his free throw routine, free throw routine. Like I'd spin the ball forward, wipe my hands off my, uh, wipe my hands on my, like, shirt. Uh, I'd, I'd bite yeah. my jersey in every, in every sport, if it's soccer, tennis, but like, I always, like, there's a moment where I'll just be, like, biting my jersey, like, in between points or something. Yeah. But just, like, the turnaround fadeaways, I think just, like, you just see the NBA today and you saw the mm-hmm. reaction yesterday. Like, it was, so many yeah, players was, have was, faced their game yeah, off, like, like, you see Devin Booker, the way he plays, the way he posts up. Like, that's Kobe all the way. You see Jason Tatum. Literally everything in his game is modeled after Kobe. Um, and that's just one of many examples. KCP is probably another one who takes something from Kobe. I don't think there's a, a player in today's NBA. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was – I was watching some T-Mac interviews and stuff because, you know, T-Mac and Kobe were very close. And, you know, T-Mac was even saying, you know, growing up, like, you know, him and Kobe were age mates. It was just like I'm mm-hmm. here because of Kobe. Like I, like Kobe would always describe T Mac as a taller version of himself, a more athletic version. But you know, T Mac yeah. would say, you know, I wouldn't be what I am without Kobe. And it's just like Kobe was ubi- ubiquitous. You know, like Jordan was to that generation to what uh, Kobe is to this one. Like every yeah. single player has taken something from Kobe in some way, shape, or form. Like other than I guess, like even the bigs, like Joel Embiid. Giannis, those yeah. guys all like kind of got into sport because of Kobe, and it's just like so crazy to think about how one player has such a massive impact over, you know, a, a, a sport where people are as a generation. Small, like, yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. Like it's his not generation, our wise. generation, generation. Yeah, so it's just like we don't even play basketball like that, and he has like impacted us. Just like imagine. The players like Kyrie, like can't even imagine what he's going through. You know, yeah. it was just kind of like, you know, he idolized Kobe so much, but kind of going, kind of celebrating Kobe's, um, you know, on the court, off the court, however. What were your some of your favorite Kobe moments growing up? You know, I had a lot, but like, what are some things that you know really stand out to you about Kobe? Um. So the first thing that always comes to mind, and I spoke about this briefly on Twitter yesterday is um the the series that he had uh against the Phoenix Suns in 2010 uh where I, I believe this is my first playoff series where I literally sat down every night to watch this uh this series it was Steve Nash and his uh Phoenix Suns the last year that they were together um versus Kobe uh on his way to winning his fifth championship and just for me I had never watched Kobe um seven games straight where um where I could watch him just be great every single night out. And, like, it got to the point where I, every time Kobe got the ball, I was like, well, we're kind of in trouble because it didn't matter mm-hmm. what shot he put up. It didn't matter where he got to the – where he got in, into, the, into the lane. More times than not, when he put the ball up, it was going to be a bucket, and it was going to be a bucket that, like, hurt a defense. Because, like, there's buckets, obviously, that, like, you give up and the defense, defense will be like, ugh. Like we play bad defense, we'll get him. We'll get him the next time down. But like at certain points, you would be playing great defense on Kobe, and he would still be getting his buckets. And like as a, as a Steve Nash fan, it hurt me so much in that moment because 
I knew there was nothing Steve Nash could do about it. I knew there was nothing that the, the Phoenix Suns could do about it. And no matter how close they got, it just didn't matter. You had to respect his greatness. And uh, I mean, there was that moment, one shot he had. I think there was that one shot he had, right? But like it was on yeah, the side where kind of Kyrie hit that shot game winner against. Yeah, like it just yeah, like everyone, yeah, the yeah. Phoenix crowd was just like stunned, <laughs> stunned. Man, man, it was. It, I was sick for weeks after that, man. Sick. Like I couldn't. I hated watching that series where he played the Celtics <laughs> in the finals because like he just ruined the whole playoffs for me. But like I, I, now that I'm older and I can appreciate what I was able to witness, it was just it was such a special moment, man, and, and such a special mm-hmm. player. I mean, for me, I, I think obviously there's the 81 point game that jumps out. There's yeah. There's like there's like those clutch playoff series like. I remember the, you know, that one bank shot he against, he had against the Heat, um, yeah, like the game winner. I remember like yeah, after yeah, school, yeah. you know, like NBA Fridays, like on on ABC or ESPN, <laughs> always used to be the move, and like yeah. I would always be so tired after school, but like I don't always stay up, but like this, bit, but then I, like, I woke up at the end and I just wake up to hit hitting this buzzer beater, but like I think one of the, I think one of those, I think his tough shot making is always what stands out to me. You know, there's that one D Wade gift. Mm-hmm. Where he's just where he's just like nodding his head and he's like, damn. And he's like sipping water. <laughs> and it's just like yeah, those yeah. those shots that just kinda like stun and they were, they would always be on like away from home. They would never be in Staples. They'd be somewhere yep. else. Silence and like Exactly. That one dunk against the Wolves when like that famous quote that that famous mm-hmm. line where he says like they suck the air out of the can air uh targets from the target center or whatever. But yeah. you know, um I always thought, you know, as as great of a player as Kobe was and all, like, those amazing game winners and stuff, like, I always found him to be one funny-ass dude. And, you know, that Kanye commercial, like, that was hilarious. Just, like... Are you the same animal or different beast? I mean, I told told my brother that. Am I getting the phrase wrong? No, it's the same... Um, And, like, I still quote... I still quote that thing today, like... Every time I'm with my yeah. brother and he's like doing different things, and I'm like, "Hey, are you like?" And he's like, he's, he actually asked me, like, "Dude, what the what the hell does that mean, bro?" Like, <laughs> um, but just like you know that one Instagram post that he had against the kids about how like that one girl was like a dance recital or whatever, or like, oh uh, yeah, just, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> he just like this guy is just, like, mad fun. He just, like, unintentionally or intentionally in whichever context would just, like, make you crack up, and I don't know, yeah. I just, he, he was, like, a jokester. Like, as, <laughs> as fierce and competitive he was, it's, like, I'm, like, I saw one thing today, like, he, like, purposely, like, elbowed Grant Hill, um, elbowed T-Mac on the back just to make sure uh, yeah. I was okay. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's pretty funny. And if you, if you haven't seen a lot of the Kobe interviews, I would definitely recommend um, either the the oh. knuckleheads one that he has uh, with uh, uh, Quentin Richardson, um, or I think he was recently on Matt Barnes' podcast with uh, who's Matt Barnes' podcast with Stephen Jackson, and like yeah. he's just he's just such a great guy, man. Like he, it it really is such a shame that it, it, this tragedy would happen to such such a good person, honestly. And, it's, mm-hmm. it's painful, man, just to even talk about it. It literally hurts me to talk about it. Really, I mean, it really is. Just, like, every single one of his interviews, no matter who it was with, it would always just be, like, a thoughtful perspective, a very rich interview. Yeah. You know, being a tennis fan and stuff, you know, he was at the U.S. Open last year, and he was just talking about tennis and, you know, like, how Djokovic and how, like, him have, like, similarities and what they can draw from each other. And it's just, like, 
that mindset I think is something that's really important. So like definitely just look up any, like if you're bored or something, or if you just need to have a good listen, any Kobe interview yeah. will do. Like I was watching the one with him and team with Rachel Nichols and it was just, mm-hmm. because like everything is so insightful. Everything is so thought out. Nothing is just, every yeah. word has, you know, meaning. It. And I think that's something definitely. that a lot of, you know, anybody could draw from and so forth. So obviously, um, heartfelt condolences to Kobe's family, his friends, obviously yes. there were other people or to them also, you know, it's just such a yes. senseless thing to happen, such a random thing to happen. But, you know, what can we draw from this? How, where can we, where do we go from here? Um, for me, uh, and we were seeing this a lot on Twitter. Um, so, so obviously this thing wasn't, it wasn't a crime. It wasn't somebody acting irresponsibly. It was literally just a disaster, but, one thing to take from this is that life is life is not guaranteed. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Um, if you have people in your life, uh, everybody is someone in their life, obviously. But tomorrow is not guaranteed. So make the best of today and, and let people know that you love them and and don't keep anything inside because you might not you might not get get another opportunity to say it to them. You know? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like- that's such like I think like after every like tragedy like that's something that we say but like I think until you kind of feel it happen to you or like you see someone close to you have it doesn't really kind of resonate the same way but yeah yeah this one definitely did and I think definitely just make the most out of every single day just like as Kobe would um, yeah you know no matter if you're in like if we're like we're in university we're in school right now but if you're in school if you're working no matter what profession you are there's always ways to be better. There's always like things to learn. I think just having that same drive every single day is contagious. And I think that's something that like yep. the mom mentality is something that we should all draw from. But Definitely. It's, yeah, I mean, it's a very, it's, it's something that still doesn't feel right. Like I still see like stuff and I'm just like, nah, that's you know, Kobe. Like, nah, like it wouldn't like, it doesn't make sense still. Yeah. And and honestly, it's never really going to make sense. It's always going to be um, this difficult thing that is just going to have to carry on in our lives. Like when, when Michael Jackson died, obviously it didn't hit our generation like this, but this is of that same caliber. And uh, it's never really going to be okay, you know, but we'll move on. Uh, Kobe would want us to move on, you know, like he wouldn't want us to dwell on it forever. So we're not going to, but we're mourning now. Uh, America's mourning. The world is mourning. And uh, we, we love you, Kobe. Yeah, we do. I mean, we're here to celebrate Kobe. I think this is more of a kind of a toast to his 41 years of greatness that he gave us, that he shared with us. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's just, he, he's one of my icons. Probably millions yeah. of others out there can attest to the same thing. Yeah. And I think it's just, just do what, just, you gotta do what Kobe would really. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you saw uh, the NBA kind of postponed a couple of the Lakers game today against the Clippers. Did they actually they postponed it? Yeah, they postponed it. A lot of okay. the players apparently just weren't in the same frame of mind to play. But yeah, I definitely look yeah. forward to what the the LA teams and what the NBA's you know the tribute that they have in store for him later this week. But yeah, um, I think I think it's definitely a massive loss for the athletics and NBA community. But mm-hmm. it's what we can do is just kind of build from here, but 
yeah, this was uh, not the same humorous whole lot of myth that you guys are accustomed to, but um, I think definitely one of the more heartfelt ones that, and hopefully we don't have to do anything like this ever again, um, yeah. unless it's like a retirement or something. Like, I don't want to have to yeah. stay here and go legacy on that. Um, obviously, um, yeah, uh, I was going to say, we have a, the Super Bowl is this Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. Me and a couple of uh, peeps from Twitter are uh, recording a podcast tomorrow, Super Bowl uh, preview. So that'll be really yeah. fun. Um, get in, get in uh, the mindset for that. Um, we we have a, a podcast coming out soon, I believe, about uh, Aguero and like, uh, yeah. obviously Aguero and then um, Barcelona's new manager. Um, right. So definitely keep stay tuned for that. Um, yeah, so that was, yeah, that was just, supposed to drop. I was supposed to drop recently, but obviously things weren't the right time for it. But keep an eye for that, and definitely no Lee's fire and I want I and many other more. We have a lot of other things that come in store. Uh, so yeah. you know, definitely reach out to us if you want to be on. I know a lot of people have reached out already, and we're you know bringing them on. We're scheduling them to come on. It's definitely a a great thing to do. Get your voice out there. Just you know, waffle on for 30, 40 minutes, however long you may want. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely yeah. good to just talk rather than just be Twitter fingers the entire time. But, uh, yeah, uh, yeah so this was uh, another episode of Whole Lot of Mid. Um, we'll see you when we see you.